Welcome, everyone, to a Tuesday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary, at yahoo.com. The music for the show provided by Wasted Talent, and you can find them on, or their producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. How's it going? Been a minute. I mean, you've been hearing me, but it's been a minute since we've, we've conversed. Um, we are getting into our big fantasy football role today. Uh, it is going to be non-stop fantasy football content between now and the start of the NFL regular season. I am sure a lot of drafts are already done, um, but this is the time where all of my drafts are happening, so this is the time where all of my draft prep is happening. Thusly, uh, this is the time where you're going to get all the fantasy football content that you can handle. It is going to be a very, very busy time around these parts for that. Coming up this NFL season, uh, play per game is going to be back for the upcoming season. Want to do a lot more DFS um, on there this year. I feel like I kind of fell off on that, and uh, I don't want to. So, um, anything else I need to plug before we get going? You can find my work on Daily Hive. I write there, very rarely do I do sports stuff, but if you want to see, like, the best place to go mountain biking on a Wednesday, uh, then I recommend you do that. I'm recording this show while the Blue Jays game is on, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just went deep the other way to give the Blue Jays a 5-3 lead, um... I apologize if I have broken the accounts of this game may not be depicted with the of Major League Baseball. Um, but the we'll get to the Blue Jays here in just a little bit. Uh, reminder, I'm doing some voice stuff for Just Football. Um, we played some of their stuff throughout the week here, um, and you're going to be hearing more of that as the season goes along. Uh, also, I do some stuff for a YouTube channel called KRTV Marvel. Search KRTV Marvel if you are looking for them. Um, I, I do believe they are just KRTV, but um, there's a, obviously a just regular-ass channel that goes by um, KRTV. So look for KRTV Marvel. Um, and we can get, uh, yeah, you can hear some of the voice stuff that I do for them as well. So today, um, here's what we're going to be doing for, for fantasy football. Going to be going through a topic or two per day over the next little bit. So we'll run through the, the calendar here, which is always dangerous, um, because, you know, things can change, right? Um, so we got fantasy sleepers, uh, today on the show. It's more fantasy values than fantasy sleepers. I don't know if there are any sleepers in this day and age. Um, fantasy busts is coming up on Wednesday. If you remember the fantasy football show that I used to be on, I, I, on, honestly, I kind of forget what I call them. Um, but I'm going with, um, my fantasy football, my dudes on this one. Every fantasy football show does a variation of this. My guy, flag planting, whatever. This is just my version of that. Um, so I'm going to be doing that coming up on Thursday. On Friday, I'm going to go through average draft position and look at what like the best case scenario for a fantasy football draft is. If everything plays out perfectly, you can get these guys. So we're going to go round by round and kind of uh, just kind of go through all of that. We take the weekend off from fantasy football stuff. Uh, the next fantasy football preview is coming up on Tuesday the 6th when it will be good players, bad teams. Also going to run through the most talented 
talented teams in the NFL at that time. Um, and I believe that is it for that. Yes. Um, also, we're going to next week get into our season previews with the uh, the different bets and things that we are making. So that's what's coming up fantasy football wise here over the next seven days or so. And of course, we're going to have a couple of the staples for fantasy football throughout the year um, with some looks at uh, bad fantasy teams that would have beat you and hopefully going to do a little bit more waiver wire stuff coming up this season. Um, with all of that being said, it is time for your fantasy values for the 2022 draft. Um, this one, I just went through ADP on Fantasy Pros. They kind of combine a bunch of the different places. So you're not just like with Yahoo and with ESPN, if you look at their ADP, it kind of mirrors the rankings because a lot of people, that's just how it started. And oh, just the guys on the screen, I'm going to pick that one. Let's go with that. Um, and I, I that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. So uh, I went for Fantasy Pros and just a couple of the guys who I thought in their rounds... Um, we were looking at some pretty good values there. And honestly, some of these guys are going to be popping up again in our best case scenario draft uh, coming up later on this week. But the first one that I'm going with is DeAndre Swift for the Detroit Lions. I think this is a Lions team. Everyone's expecting them to take a step this year. I don't know if they're going to take a huge step this year. We're going to get into their team win totals and everything like that coming up on the program next week. But for DeAndre Swift, I think he is incredibly talented. And I think he... He doesn't have a quarterback who is all that phenomenal. Um, we're going to get into Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit later on this week. But I, I still don't think, while this is a team that I think can take some steps, I still don't think that this is a team that has a ton of offensive weapons. And I think DeAndre Swift is going to be a player that is going to, pre, going to be able to provide a lot of value at the running back position for uh, the, the Detroit Lions. I think he is a skilled pass catcher. I think he is a skilled runner. And I think you are going to see more of that um, in this upcoming season. Obviously, Jamal Williams is there, and obviously there isn't going to be a ton of workload for him, but there's like two just bell cow backs in the entire National Football League, and one of them still is kind of half of a threat to be suspended. So um, I, I feel like the volume is going to be there, the talent is there, the production is there. I just feel like everything is really meshing together for DeAndre Swift, and he is going in uh, the, the first round as the 11th overall selection. If you can get him in a 12-team, and by the way, the, the rounds that I'm going to be going off of today are based off of 12-team leagues. Um, going off of that, I feel like it is um, an amazing value to get DeAndre Swift at the back end of the first round. If you're in that like kind of 11, what would that be? I guess 11-14 swing. If you could go... Um, DeAndre Swift in that spot, you're feeling, feeling very, very good about things. And honestly, looking at um, Nick Chubb, he is our next one coming up. He's in the second round of 12-team drafts. If you can get that at the turn, DeAndre Swift and Nick Chubb, back-to-back, -back, you are set up a running back for the year. I honestly and truthfully believe, um, just seeing where Nick Chubb is, and I get the offense in Cleveland this year is going to be severely limited with Jacoby Brissett there. Um, the the pass catching catching weapons have changed in um, in Cleveland. Amari Cooper is in. Uh, Landry is out. Odell Beckham Jr. was out at the end of last year. But 
I really, really, really feel like there is the potential that Nick Chubb is the best running back in the National Football League. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, has a claim to that. Jonathan Taylor, who is obviously going number one, certainly has a claim to that. Um, but I, I really feel like Nick Chubb is the best running back in... in I, I think he has a claim anyway to being the best running back in the NFL. And the fact that you can get him in the second round is incredible value. Again, if you have one of those late round picks, I, I, I'm seeing the wide receivers like the Cups and the Jeffersons um, going ahead of Nick Chubb. I, I am not a zero RB guy, so I am going with... Um, I'm going to go with guys like Swift or Chubb probably over a couple of those wide receivers, and I think Chubb is a great value in the second round. If you do want to go wide receiver in the second round, Debo Samuel is it. You heard me gushing about Debo Samuel on the show last year. I think, again, this is a player who has the potential to be the best at his position in the National Football League. I think Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. I think Jamar Chase is right there. I think Justin Jefferson is right there. But not enough is being said about what Debo Samuel provided for the San Francisco 49ers a season ago. A lot of the talk has been, oh, he doesn't want to be a running back. Oh, well, maybe that'll do... What? what, what? If you took away all of his runs, like, sure like actual fantasy points go away. This is still an incredibly talented wide receiver. He is so difficult to bring down. He makes contested catches really, really well. He doesn't mind going over the middle. And I do think that there is going to be a world where he is used out of the backfield again this upcoming season. So for Debo Samuel to be going mid to late second round is kind of mind-boggling to me. I think he should be up there in that tier with some of the top receivers in the league. And the fact that he is not is incredible value. Moving on, uh, DJ Moore into the fourth round. Again, the quarterback situation isn't phenomenal with, with Baker Mayfield. But it's better than DJ Moore has had, and he has still been relatively productive as an NFL, excuse me, uh, NFL and fantasy wide receiver. This is an extremely talented player, and he is the either 1 or 1A, one 1B one option with Christian McCaffrey, depending on health on an offense that I think is going to take a step forward. I do not like the coaching situation there one bit. Um, I think we've established Rule isn't the guy, and I don't know why McAdoo is getting the 45th opportunity of his career to run an offense into the ground, but I do feel like this is an explosive player, and the only thing that has been holding him back has been opportunities in the red zone. I, I'm hoping he gets those this year and has a chance to break through, even if he doesn't. Fourth round again is an incredible value. Late in the fourth round is Lamar Jackson, and injuries last season kind of held him back a touch. and Well, not a touch. Injuries held him back quite a bit um, a season ago, but... I feel like we're forgetting how good this guy was when he won the MVP of the league a couple of years ago. When he is healthy and when he is right, he is a cheat code in this game uh, that we call fantasy football. He lost Marquise Brown. I don't think that's a detriment. I, I kept giving Marquise Brown benefit of the doubt after benefit of the doubt after benefit of the doubt, and it just never happened for him. I don't think losing Hollywood Brown is that bad big of a loss. I think having healthy running backs back, whether it is J.K. Dobbins, whether it is Kenyon Drake, um, Gus Edwards is hurt right now, but they are going to have more talent at the running back position. I think that's going to open things up for Lamar. I think this is going to be a big year for Lamar Jackson and a big year for the Baltimore Ravens. I think he is a steal at the back end of the fourth round. In the fifth round is Darren Waller. 
Uh, last year was a disappointment for Darren Waller after uh, a big breakout campaign. And this is one where I am trusting the talent of Darren Waller. First of all, I think he is going to have a lot of Derek Carr's attention. Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of a lot of the air in that offense. That's, that is clear. And by the way, that's how it should be. But for Darren Waller, I feel like last year... Every defense just kind of keyed in on him. He had that amazing game on Monday Night Football to start the season, and everyone was like, okay, that's a guy we need to watch. And everyone basically double-teamed the dude for the entire rest of the season. The Vegas Raiders are pleading with um, NFL teams to do that again this year. It, you, you, by all means, double-team Darren Waller. That'll open things up for Devontae Adams. I think Adams is going to get a lot of the coverage, and I think you're going to see the Darren Waller of a couple of years ago come back. Right now, he is the tight end five. I, truthfully, I think he could be tight end one this year. I really do believe that. Some things have to go his way, obviously, but I, I think he can be in that conversation. I think this is a year that Darren Waller establishes that he is that guy. If you don't mind going quarterback and tight end that early... Um, you can definitely see a world where you have Lamar Jackson and Darren Waller and have an ability to, to have some weak-winning players there. Going a little bit deeper now in our fantasy values conversation here, we're going into the eighth round and Ramondre Stevenson. New England, I think, is going to be a dumpster fire this year, and with that, I don't know how many positive game scripts there are going to be with the New England Patriots this season. However... Ramondre Stevenson, I think, showed last year he is an incredibly talented running back. And while, again, I think this offense takes a bit of a step back, I, I truthfully believe Ramondre Stevenson is not regression-proof, but I, I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a player that can kind of outplay that. He is a strong runner, he is a talented runner, and the New England Patriots, I don't think, are going to be a team that has to ab or that abandons the run a whole lot. Uh, I wonder how much he is going to be utilized in the passing game. Um, I do have concerns about New England's offense, that this is not a risk-free pick. But in the eighth round, we're talking about getting your flex players at that spot. We're talking about backup options at this spot. Um, just kind of going off of what we were talking about before, if you have a Swift-Chubb combination and you can have Stevenson as kind of a flex option, but maybe not, and afford to see how the season kind of goes, I think Ramondre Stevenson is an unbelievable deal um, of a pick at that spot. Moving on, Naeem Hines. This is more a PPR selection. Um, the, the notes I looked at was for standard, and I think he takes, obviously, a big upgrade. He's going in the 11th round of standard drafts right now. He's a pass catcher through and through at the running back spot, and I was in a PPR league last year, and honestly, he was a guy who kind of carried me to a, a very good record in the regular season in that league because he is a volume pass catcher. Does Jonathan Taylor take some of that this year? Maybe, but I think the Indianapolis Colts have eyes on bigger things than the regular season. I think Jonathan Taylor, there, there is going to be a bit of load management with him. Not that he's going to take full games off, but I do think that you're going to see Naheem Hines be that third down back, and I think he's going to be able to provide value in the pass-catching department with Matt Ryan as the quarterback. I think this is a situation where the offense as a whole gets better, so all the pieces around it get better. I like Pittman this year. I like Taylor this year. I like Naheem Hines especially in the 11th round, and heaven forbid if anything happens to Taylor, I think Hines slides into that role. Last one here on our fantasy values. If you want to pass up on Lamar Jackson and go a little bit later, or if, you, if you're happy with your quarterback at the start of the draft, you want to take a flyer on a guy, 
I'm really high on Trevor Lawrence this year. Um, I get it was one game against the Indianapolis Colts at the end of the season, but that was the dude we were waiting for in Week 18 last year that knocked the Colts out of the playoffs and sent the Raiders into the postseason, which, bless this man. But he is too talented to not take a step forward this year. They spent a lot of money on helping him out. Now, do I love how they spent all of that money? I do not. However, I think that not having a literal child as their head coach in Urban Meyer last year, upgrading that to, I would say a tween, in Doug Peterson, I think is going to help. Say what you will about Doug Peterson, um, and Lord knows people have, the guy can get a decent amount out of a pretty good quarterback. And I think Trevor Lawrence is that. I think that this is going to be a really good year for the Jacksonville offense. Also, I think the defense is dog shit. And I think that's going to put Trevor Lawrence in positive game script situations this year. Um, you look at the division that Trevor Lawrence plays in. You get the Texans two times a season. You get the Titans a couple of times a season. I don't think that defense is very good. I think that defense wildly overachieved a season ago. Um... <laughs> and they weren't even all that good last season. So I, I think that Trevor Lawrence has a lot of opportunities to step up. I, I think there is a very real chance that Trevor Lawrence is a quarterback one at the end of this season. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. More fantasy football content coming out this week. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm talking right now as the Blue Jays hold a 5-3 lead on the Chicago Cubs in the eighth inning um, of their game this evening. They they are riding that roller coaster again, man. The, the roller coaster continues. I am quite concerned about this team hitting in the postseason. Um, obviously, like they, they've had success against Garrett Cole, but they have really stumbled against pitchers that they shouldn't, and I just get flashbacks to a couple of those Kansas City series in 15, um, or the Kansas City series in 15, and the Cleveland series in 16, where it's like, you should, why, why, why are we not hitting these guys? Why are we all of a sudden one for 13 with runners in scoring position against a dude who the entire baseball world had to Google 45 minutes ago because Trevor Bauer sliced his finger on a thingy? Um... Fuck that guy, by the way. Just, you know, like to put that out there every now and then. Fuck Trevor Bauer. Um, but for the, the Blue Jays, the offense can just go way too quiet, way too quickly. And I do have concerns because of this roller coaster that we've talked about. When this team gets to the postseason, and I truly believe it is a when, when this team gets into the postseason, I feel like there is the, or the, the potential that it just goes silent. That they, these bats... And these players, because they ride that roller coaster so much, um, if they have one bad game, it turns into three. And that's a series, and that's your season. And the, the Blue Jays just can't afford to have that. This is where George Springer needs to be that adult in the room. This is where I think they are missing that um, that Marcus Simeon, like we talked about throughout the season. But you look back at the 1992 celebration, which they did so, so, so very well, they are missing that Jack Morris. They're missing that, not current day Jack Morris. They're missing that Dave Winfield. They're missing that Paul Molitor. They are missing that calming presence, that adult in the room um, that I think kind of ties everything together. Because you look at that 92 and 93 team, and I'm not comparing the, this Blue Jays squad to, to Whamco or anything like that, but they had a lot of big personalities on that club with Carter and Alomar 
and and all of those guys. Um, I think Dwayne Ward can be a bit of a a, a bit of a guy um, out there as well. And so you, you look at a lot of the personalities that this team had. I think they needed some of those veterans to kind of tie everything together. I think they're hoping that Springer can be that. I think they're honestly, one of the guys who I think is really doing that is Kevin Gosman. Um, I, I think they need that again from these guys in the postseason. They also need Teoscar Hernandez. He had a homer in the ball game tonight. He is so, 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 so important to this offense. When he and or Bo are rolling, this lineup I think is the best in baseball. It, it just, it is so deep and so dangerous. Those guys have been a little inconsistent at times, but if they can get those guys to their peak, the, those are, I think, the two most important players from turning this from a, a good Blue Jay season to a great Blue Jay season. I still have some concerns about the pitching staff, but God damn, have they stepped up over the last little bit. Just completely shut down the Yankees. Um, that obviously had some issues with the LA Angels. Um but the whole team did. That was that was an abysmal series and that can't happen. Um I'm happy I wasn't doing podcasts after that cuz oh man was that frustrating. But I really do like how this bullpen and how the starting staff has stepped up. I still have concerns about them going into next or going into the postseason, but I I like how they have stepped up. Uh one more thing on that 1992 celebration, I am incredibly jealous of anyone who owns one of those bomber jackets. They are incroyable. Um, but the Blue Jays nailed that 1992 celebration. I would like for there to be more 1992 merchandise available. I, I think that... Obviously, you want to be focusing on the here and now, especially with a team this good, but I, I would like, and this goes for all teams, by the way, I would like a few, like, just vintage things throughout. I remember when I was in Dallas in 2016, I asked for a Steve Nash jersey, and they laughed at me. Um, and it's like, you can you can still celebrate the players you have now while honoring the past. The Blue Jays nailed it, and I would like to see them nailing it just a little bit more in the merchandise area because I want to give them my money for that. Other baseball here, really, really quick. Uh, the Yankees appeared to have figured it out. Hey, <laughs> um, they, they bounced back now a little bit, I guess. Um, they, they figured it out against the Mets, not so much against uh, Oakland and not so much against the Blue Jays either. But it, it does feel like things are kind of getting back on track for the Yankees, at least for the, like, to get rid of the, oh man, are they going to blow this division lead? That, that's pretty well gone now. But I, I do think that they're... Um, there isn't really hope for them to catch the Astros for top spot in the American League and home field advantage if the, those two teams face off the American League Championship Series is going to be so, 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 so crucial. But they, like the Blue Jays, have some issues where the bats just go quiet at key times. Like, it really feels very hit or miss. Like, their their Mr. Consistency the last few years has been DJ LeMahieu, and that's kind of gone. And now without that, like, Donaldson's fallen off, um, IKF looked like he was going to be a steal, and now he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Stanton hasn't had the year that I, I think a lot of people hoped he would have. Injuries have um, um, kind of affected that. The only guy who's really kept it going the whole time has been Aaron Judge, as my cat walks up here on the... Um, on the desk here in the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Um, but Judge, I mean, he, he's been phenomenal. He, he has been the, the best hitter in baseball. He should win the MVP award. If the Blue Jays or Rays did end up catching the Yankees for top spot in the, um, in the American League East, it'd be interesting to see where uh, the, the votes went after that. But no, Judge should be the, the, the MVP this year. He has been unbelievable. And it, it's going to be such a fun... 
Uh, <laughs> sorry, the cat's getting in the way here. Uh, it's been such a fun MLB um, run here for Judge, and it's going to be fun to see what he gets in free agency. The one thing, spare me with this bullshit that, well, 61 is the real untainted record. Get all the way the fuck out of here. You can't be doing that and have Alex Rodriguez on your broadcasts every week. Um, like, it's, again, steroids or whatever, that is a thing that happened. It is in the record books. If you wanted if you wanted that to be a thing and you wanted to legislate that, you should have done it at the time. Because now it's in the record books. It's a thing that happened. We all watched Barry Bonds swing and hit a ball that way really far 73 times and trot around the bases 73 times. So you can't tell me that all of a sudden, oh, no, it's 61, actually. Fuck out of here with that. That being said, as someone who loves the sports movie, 61, maybe the most underrated sports movie of all time could be up there for best sports movie of all time. Um, to see Judge go after 61 here in the last month of the season, uh, it's actually pretty cool. I, I, I kind of like that. And I, I'm not someone who likes anything about watching the Yankees uh, do anything well. Lastly, uh, the Chicago White Sox need to fire Tony La Russa. They are one of the most disappointing teams in baseball. Um, if the postseason does not include the Chicago White Sox, which it is increasingly looking like that is going to be the thing, um, then Tony La Russa should be fired. And anyone who was at the helm of making those decisions should be smacked in the mouth. But I get any Tony La Russa supporter out there, both of them are going to put their teeth back in and tell me that, well, Tony La Russa um, has had to deal with so many injury issues this year. How can you expect him to, to manage this? Oh, I don't care. Um, you're telling me every other team in baseball hasn't had some injury issues? The best team in the American League just had to put Justin Verlander on the disabled list. Uh, sorry, the injured list. The second best team in the American League has been without a ton of guys all season long. Giancarlo Stanton, probably would be nice to have him around. The, the White Sox have dealt with a lot of injuries. Yes, they have. But Tony La Russa has not done anything to make this team better over the last, um, since he has been hired. And it's an incredible waste of incredible talent on that team. So I hope he gets fired the second the season is over. That's going to do it for the show today. Again, you can find me on social media at Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. The music for the show provided by Waste of Talent. Find them on Instagram at Waste of Talent with X's where the A's would be. The studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary is Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Fantasy Busts coming up on the show tomorrow. I will talk to you then. I'm out.